This is a podcast from the Harvard John A. Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Here at SEAS, we love science. We're a science school, but we get it. Science can be scary and intimidating. We think that because we don't understand the words being used, that we're not smart enough to understand it. Well, frankly, that's bull. Scientific language, like any other, can be translated. You just need a translator. Hi, I'm Leah Burrows, science communicator here at SEEDS, and I'll be your translator. So each episode, I'm going to sit down with one of our researchers, and we're going to talk about a recent paper, and we're going to break down the most egregious perpetrator of jargon warfare in all of science, the title of a scientific paper. Because if you can understand the title of a paper, the whole thing stops being scary and starts being cool and exciting, all of the things that we love about science. So let's give it a shot. And thanks for listening. Today I'm joined by three researchers who have an upcoming paper in the journal Science. With me is Professor Federico Capasso, the Robert L. Wallace Professor of Applied Physics and Vinton Hayes Senior Research Fellow in Electrical Engineering. I'm also joined by his graduate student, Rob Devlin, and his postdoctoral fellow, Reza. I'm going to have to ask you to say your last name for me again. So my name is Reza Horosaninejad. I'll, I'll get it one day. You keep doing these podcasts <laughs> and I'll get you. I need to name. publish Mary Vapor. Okay, so the title that we're talking about today is a two-parter. Meta lenses at visible wavelengths, colon, diffraction-limited focusing, and sub-wavelength resolution imaging. All right, there's a lot of words in there. Let's start with the first word in the first part of this title, meta lenses. Rob, break that down. What do we mean when we say meta lens? The whole idea of meta materials, which is why we call this a meta lens, is that you can sort of pattern materials on the nanoscale and then you can give them functions that you wouldn't normally see if you just have a slab of that material. So by patterning that material, that's where the meta comes from. What does this pattern look like? You can think of them as almost individual pillars. In our, in our case, they look like rectangles, but each part of the lens has this tiny nanoscale pillar on it. Depending on how we orient them or the shape or the size that we give to them, what they'll do is collectively then millions and millions of these small pillars all arrayed just right on a planar surface will then shape the light to do the same thing that a curved lens would do. Right, because normal lenses, like those in in glasses, focus light through curvature. But you guys have built a lens that is totally flat, right? We physically don't have any curvature. What we have is we have an array of nanoscale that mimic that curvature. Okay, so you're patterning these materials on a really small scale, which is the meta, and you're using this surface to create an image, which is the lens. But this is a meta lens at visible wavelengths. What do we mean by that? We know the electromagnetic spectrum is not just what we see. There's also microwaves, there's radio waves, there's infrared. But most of the application space that we're most interested in for cameras, for cell phones and all that, is the visible portion of the spectrum, what we can actually see with our eyes. Most of the other demonstrations have used materials that don't work at visible wavelengths. They use something like silicon or another semiconductor. And what they do is, if you have visible light, it will absorb it. Because we want ultimately this to have applications in industry, we wanted a material that's still pretty common. To that end, what we did was we looked at a material called titanium dioxide. 
titanium dioxide is a very common material. It's in paint, it's in sunscreen, but it also has a really nice property that it's completely transparent at the visible. So unlike silicon, what you can do with titanium dioxide is you can now use it as your the building block for your meta lens, and it won't absorb the visible light that you're trying to make an image with. Okay, first part of the title down. Let's move on to the second part, diffraction limited focusing. What does that mean? So we say, okay, we have this technology to make a lens. Let's just push the boundary to the limit that the nature allow us. For a typical or practical lens, there is a limit called diffraction limit, which means you can focus down the light to a certain extent. After that, the nature or the nature of the light doesn't allow us. So this is important to understand. When we say diffraction limited focusing, what we mean is that light doesn't degrade when it gets to these very, very small scales. So yeah, you can think of it either way like that, where you can think of what's the smallest spot that it can focus the light down to, and then if you can focus light down to a small spot like that, like Reza's saying, that also means then you can image structures with a feature size that are similar to that spot size. And that's what sub-wavelength resolution imaging means. Yeah. Okay, so we have all of the pieces of the title. Let's put it together. Federico, can you give us a, a big picture of what this research actually means for lens technology? Well, basically, we all know what conventional lens technology is. And there is one characteristic of all lens technology. Lens tend to be thick. In general, surfaces are, are actually curved. And they are thick because basically you don't have a single lens. If you look at most lenses for cameras, for cells, for another type of application, they are composed of multiple lenses. Now, what our technology does, it's a literally a game-changing type of technology on two accounts, I would say. One, we have shown that these lenses can be made uh, very thin and they work very well at visible wavelengths, which of course is most of the application right now. And more importantly, that the technology which we have demonstrated by which these lenses are actually made is fundamentally different that the technology used to make lenses, which basically it's centuries old. It's about glass being molded and being shaped. The beauty of this development now that the next step will be to show that these lenses will be able to be made, to be fabricated by the same makers of chips. By chips, I mean microprocessor chips. Why? Because it's the same type of equipment that they use. The same type of material processing technology can, uh, can be used to make uh, uh, these kind of lenses. So our vision for the future that the same manufacturer of chips will be able to make the actual lenses that can be put together with these chips. So the future is very exciting for this technology. So if you were going to rename this paper using layman's terms, what would you name it? I think I would call it planar... That? No. <laughs> flat. How about flat? All right. We'll say flat lens, flat lens. lens, flat lens for... Uh, visible. I mean, it's visible. Yeah, right? yeah. So flat visible. lens for visible light. So if we could capture, you know, also the the ability to focus, you know, without distortion. So we could say a flat lens that works in visible light and can focus 
light down to less than a wavelength. So it's down. To or you can say light down to the place that the nature allow us. Great. Okay, so before we go, we want to give a shout out to the other authors on this paper: Wei Ting Chen, Jiwan O, oh, and Alexander Zhu. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Good. Thank you. Thank you. This is a podcast from the Harvard John A. Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Sciences.